she actually just recommends marijuana for dogs. That's she found a workaround. <laughs> oh, yeah, get your Straight dog THC super high. Yeah, with yeah. a little with a cocaine chaser. Whoa! Now we're talking. I'll pep that senior dog up. Hello! Hi. Welcome to oh. We Don't Deserve Dogs. Who are uh, you? I'm Dr. Lisa Littman. I'm Richie Redding. <laughs> Super excited to have with us Dr. Monica Tarantino. Hello. How are you guys? Yes. So wait, Hi. I didn't do your full intro. I was just thinking, I was just thinking about your last name and about all the people who probably ask you if you're related to Quentin. But um, at least you didn't do it. <laughs> yeah, I didn't do it. I yeah. didn't do it. But Dr. Monica, can we call you Dr. Monica? Dr. Tarantino? How do you you can call me Monica, whatever you guys want. <laughs> Uh, Dr. Monica. It's Dr. Monica to you guys, Monica to me. Uh, also <laughs> is known as the Senior Dog Doc. Got to follow her on Instagram at the Senior Dog Doc. And she has a podcast herself called Senior Dog Revolution. And she is the co-founder of Vets on the Rise, which is a super cool uh, like mentorship program for veterinarians on the rise. So uh, right. yeah, welcome. Thank you for being here. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm really excited to talk to you guys. Absolutely. Um, do you have a foot fetish? <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad you asked me that. Yes. <laughs> no, I don't have a foot fetish. Should I? No, this is because of Quentin. Yes. This is why you're asking me. Okay. 100%. So no. Actually, I asked all the guests this. <laughs> See, it's good that she knew that. Oh, I yeah. didn't know that. Yeah, every time a guest come on, comes on, I'm just like, hey, what's up with you and Tootsies? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, once you know that uh, that Tarantino has a foot fetish, it like you you can't watch his movies any other way. Of like, man, he is really just shooting feet. <laughs> That's what he's doing. Yeah, it's funny. I I actually don't get that question about the foot fetish very much, probably because no one's as shameless enough to like ask me it. Mm-hmm. I always get the like, he's like, yeah, that's me. Um, I always get the, are you related to Quentin Tarantino? But never the foot fetish question. So, so is that your way of me. indirectly asking her if well, she was related? Yeah. To I don't know if we actually got a straight answer on it. No, we didn't. Yeah, no, I don't have a foot fetish. No. Girls <laughs> never have fetishes. Oh. It's, it's dudes. Dudes uh, are the creeps. Yeah, no, I dated I dated a guy with a foot fetish once, but also I have amazing feet. So I just, I have been begging Richie to pimp out my feet for to a really bimp. long, yeah, to pimp, yeah. to pimp out my feet what for up, a really bimp? long time. And then, <laughs> and, and then. She really has been asking me to get an wait, OnlyFans started for yeah. the feet. So. So I want to tell us a little bit about how you grew up. Did you grow up with pets and sort of like your track to how you became the senior dog doc? Yeah. So I, um, I grew up kind of moving all around the country. So I'm an army brat oh. and <clears throat> I have two brothers. We, so 
since I was a young child, I knew I wanted to be a vet. Like that's the classic. Yeah. I feel like every Me vet too. feels like that. Yeah. You felt like that too, Lisa. Yeah. Yeah. Since I can remember. I mean, yeah, my parents used to put me, my neighbors had Shih Tzu puppies that they used to breed and they used to have like a child's playpen and they used to just put me in the playpen with the puppies and feed me chocolate. And I was like, done. Oh my God. So I think that's how I, it started. So yeah. <laughs> okay. I don't have like a playpen story, but yeah. I, <laughs> I did, I was super obsessed with them. Um, I like at age five, I would go to the library with my mom and I'd only pick out like the dog books. So dogs in particular were like my, my obsession. So it's first for forever. So I memorized all the types and all the breeds of dogs when I was five years old, I could tell you, you could walk down the street and I could point at them and tell you at that age, like what they were. And the <laughs> wow. obsession just continued. Um, but yeah, so we grew up kind of moving around. So we actually, I don't feel like we were the best pet owners when I was growing <laughs> up Yeah, for lack of like, I don't know if we just didn't know any better or we just had other focuses, like a family with three kids and both parents are working and it's just a lot. But we had, um, we had a couple dogs at different times in my life. And then we had a bird, a guinea pig and other animals. And I, the obsession just continued all throughout my, my childhood until I got to college. So I got really great grades in high school, went to college, and then during my first year, I, I joined a sorority. And this <laughs> is one? where like the vet path, um, Alpha Phi. Okay. And where was college? Virginia Tech. Okay. Yeah. And this is where like the story, like my story goes off, like off rail compared to all the other veterinarians that you guys will talk to. So most of them, like they're like, yeah, like I studied in high school. I was really smart. Then I went to college. I got my straight A's and then I went into vet school. Like that's the majority of the kids in my class, at least. I don't know how it was at your at your school, but many of them are like that. Oh, uh, no, Western, we were a bunch of delinquents. Actually, that's oh, really? why. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I had a, um, uh, what do we call it? Non-traditional path also. I was sort of the opposite of you. I was a terrible high school student. Somehow got into Syracuse, then like found my way, but um, yeah, she actually but, thought she was going to be a foot hooker her whole life. I mean, I really, <laughs> I really wanted to be. I really want to be now. But I have like six best friends from school. We're all like older, uh, like had like non traditional career paths. I mean, but yeah. Anyway, so good. So I, I like a good off the rail story. Yeah. So go off the rails. But it starts girl. with a sorority. Yeah. I like it. Sor- yeah, it starts with a sorority. <laughs> so that's kind of where it all went downhill. So nice. um, so the difference between, I, I think, like being a pre-vet major and being like a business major is that you, if you're a pre-vet, you do not have time to go to parties. You do not have time to focus on other things besides vet medicine and like passing genetics and OCHEM and all these things because you have to be extremely competitive, obviously, to get into vet school. So all my sorority sisters had other majors and I thought I could do kind of the same thing they were doing, but you you can't really. Um, so I ended up going there. I filled out my second semester there. Thought it was like the end of the Wait, world. Wait, as like a freshman, dreams. you failed out? Uh, yeah, my freshman that's second impressive. semester. impressive. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, because that's a sub two, right? Sub 2.0 to fail out? Sub two. Um, so let me, so I failed a course I failed a course, got a dean another course, and my parents were like, yank. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, you're yeah. leaving. Yeah. <laughs> you're you're not going to go there anymore. Yeah. So this is coming from, by the way, number one, a guy who went to an Ivy League school to tell dick jokes, but number two yeah. took him like, <laughs> took him actually eight years to graduate from well, said uh, Ivy League school. Eight, nine, 12 years? Yeah, more like 12. More yeah. like 12 <laughs> years to graduate? So, yeah. So, so put some respect on my name is what I'm yeah. saying. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I have way more respect for you now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just my tenacity. 
you're you're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, you you did it. Um, so then I pretty much like I, I figured I just wasn't cut out for vet medicine. I ended up going to a different school and focusing um, more on business. And then I um, took a job out of school in business. And I just figured that the only way that I'd be able to actually like have animals in my life was just by rescuing or adopting or whatever. And so I did that. And I did that for several years. I ended up getting my master's in business. And um, I went to UCSD for that. And then one day I was, you know, kind of trying to climb the corporate ladder. And one day I was walking to the elevator and I was following this guy who was my senior. So he was probably like what the, he had the job that I would have had in like 10 or 15 years. Right. And he's walking to the elevator. I'm kind of like walking behind him. He can't hear me. And he gets to the elevator. He gets inside, turns around and just goes <sighs> and like has like the saddest look on his face and this deepest sigh. And he just looked like he was just like beat up from life. And I remember thinking at that moment, if I stay here at this job and keep doing this career, I'm going to be like that in, in another 15 years. So it kind of was what spurred me. And I also had thoughts about going back to vet school, you know, can I really do it now? I'm more mature. Like, can I actually do it? And that was kind of the moment that it all changed for me. And I decided to quit my job, move in yeah. with my parents. <laughs> We're doing that now. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> you are. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, this is the only yeah. time you can move back home and not be a loser. That's right. <laughs> That's right. I, I mean, you know, with all due respect. <laughs> um, work at an animal hospital, take classes at night, and then I just applied to vet school and got in, and the rest is history. So, wow. So, how really long were you? Atypical. Did you do business for before you went to vet school? I believe I was about 27 years old when I ended up quitting and then taking a year to kind of figure out what I wanted to do. And then I decided it was vet school, of course, did two more years of um, prereqs and applying to school because I had to take my biologies mm-hmm. all over again and all the chemistries and stuff. Um, and then when I was 30, I, I got into vet school and went to vet school. That's so. awesome. I think me too. I'm pretty sure me too. I Yeah, me too. Yeah. Okay. Good story. That's a, that's a positive me that's too. That's pretty much, yeah. Uh, you don't hear those every day. Yeah. <laughs> I love that because I mean, I was like 24 and I was, you know, after Penn, I was doing the the business rat race and it was just like, uh, like, you know, I was looking at the people that were my superiors and it was like, if this is the end game, like yeah. just, I, 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 I don't want any parts of this, but I wonder if it, there's any way that you could track down that guy in the elevator and be like, Hey man. <laughs> You're such a sad sack of shit. You changed my life forever. No, <laughs> Thank you. I know. You sad I know. I sack of shit, his, you. I know. <laughs> Thank you. That really sad moment in your life, that was inspiring for me. I know. It was kind of inspiring. Yo, remember like, that time you were contemplating ending everything? <laughs> it was a new beginning for me. <laughs> Thanks so much. What yeah. up, though? Yeah. Look how much good came out of it. Yay. Yeah. 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 So um, that's the story. How did you wind up concentrating on senior dogs? Because that's your thing. Yeah, it is my thing. So what ended up happening was I had my own. So I had a dog named Frodo, Frodo Baggins Tarantino. He was a little Westy. And I I had him since he was young. So since he was like a, a year of age and he was like my little buddy, he's basically like my Chloe. Um, mm-hmm. He was like the first dog of my first, well, he, from, I don't know if she's your first um, like soul dog, but he was my yeah. soul dog. And I watched him actually get older and he came across all these new problems, all these new developments that I wasn't really prepared for. And I don't really know if like they really, the vets and anyone really did a good job preparing me for them. 
And I fell in love with him being old and I fell in love with senior dogs after that because I realized that there really is a huge, um, they have far different needs than dogs of any other age group. And so that was kind of how I fell in love with older dogs as my own dog became old and I saw how much just how, how much he meant to me at that time. And so how much I know that older dogs mean to other people too. And that's kind of what made me fall in love with them. Oh, yeah. yeah. You're nothing. Well, no, I mean, it's, it is, it's almost kind of like its own, if they, if they live long enough, they become a special needs dog unto themselves. Yeah. Right? <laughs> they kind of do. Yeah. They do. I, there's one thing I've always said is that white people love sick dogs. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's true. I mean, we know we know that right. If the dog, if a dog is like at a shelter and it loses a limb or an eye or something like that, it's that much more likely to be adopted. So, oh yeah. Um, but yeah. senior dogs, yeah, have their own needs, and yeah, I mean, same thing. I had a I had a Ridgeback before Chloe. From I've been involved with like Ridgeback Rescue for forever, and uh, we got him at six, but we had him since he was twelve. So I like everything I knew about him was almost like as a senior for a large breed dog, and. Um, after that, I was just like, oh my God, they're the best. Like I didn't know. I was missing out my whole life on how much the best senior dogs actually are and how cute they are. And now Chloe is going that way. She's going to be 10 in February. I can't take it. Yeah. How do you feel Mm -hmm. about henna dye jobs? Because (laughs) we've been talking about it for years. I think for her her, 10th birthday. Her face is pretty gray. She's very sugary in the face. We had a a celebrity (laughs) dog groomer on the podcast. And he suggested some henna dye for her face. For her her 10th birthday. (laughs) Listeners, hold me accountable to this. I am getting Chloe a face dye job. (laughs) And I think I'm going like full Steven Seagal too. Just like, just a ridiculous brown. (laughs) Yeah, I like it. Yeah. No texture, just a- Dr. Monica's all about the senior dog revolution. Can dogs do blackface is what I'm asking. Uh, <laughs> can they get away with it? I think yes, I do. Yeah. All only, right. only dogs. Okay, yeah. isolate that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, poor Monica. Oh. Uh, no, it, it it is, it's really interesting. And, you know, just having you on made me, start thinking about it. And I mean, you know, we, we love Chloe so much and we, I I look at her sometimes and I know she's getting older and it's like, you can't help but to kind of think about live in anticipatory grief. Yeah. Her, (laughs) basically. Yeah. You you think about her mortality (laughs) sometimes. She gives me those hound dog eyes. I'm just like, Oh my God, you're not going to be around forever. I know. But a question that I had is, is it the same way that like, you know, humans are living longer due to medicine, to modern medicine? Is it the same for dogs? Absolutely. I mean, I think that they're living longer because of the better care they're getting, the better nutrition they're getting. Yeah, absolutely. Is there anything that is a favorite for you about the senior dog revolution? What do you want people to know most of all? And like, do you have a favorite senior dog topic that we should share with the peeps? Yeah, I think my my favorite senior dog topic is uh, chronic pain. So, and you probably see this in your practice all the time, but dogs really don't have a very good way of telling us that things hurt. So we always just expect, like, I feel like people always expect them to cry out or to Yelp or something like that when something hurts them, but they really don't always do that. So there's tons of diseases of chronic pain that our older dogs tend to live with, such as dental disease is a really big one. Um, you know, those teeth, when they start, when they start having smelly breath or they start having kind of like that brown and black color in their mouth, there is something going on there that probably hurts them. And they just have no way of telling you. And a lot of people are like, well, they still eat their hard kibble. They're still run around and play with me. 
I don't think that they heard it all, but they just honestly don't have a way to tell you. And I think that because dogs and animals are, are really amazing, they really do their best to try to adapt as best they can because they don't have a choice, right? In the wild, like they don't have a way to be like, hey, like this tooth hurts mm-hmm. me every single day. It gives me a headache. And they don't have a way to tell you that. So they really just try to make the best of their situations. So I think just this awareness of chronic pain and how it can impact their quality of life is probably one of the topics that I'm most passionate about for senior dogs. Do dogs get headaches? I knew oh, I, yeah. I knew you were going to ask that question. Why would I, I don't know how I would. I just <laughs> knew you were going to ask that question. I'm a curious fella. Do they? I mean, I would assume the answer. So have, can we ever ask a right. dog that they have a headache? No. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but do they have disease processes that could cause headaches? Absolutely. And I mean, I think that even in other animals too, like I think about um, like kitty cats, like that old kitty cat that has hypertension, so high blood pressure. One of the classic things that they'll do is they'll yowl at night, right? So they yowl. And I always think that once I get them on that blood pressure medication and get them more regulated, they stop yowling at night. And to me, I'm wondering if they're having a headache from that high blood pressure that's causing them to kind of vocalize like that at night and, and you know, not feel as well. But yeah, I mean, I, I do believe that they they get headaches and they there are studies that show that they have the same sort of pain thresholds that we do. Yeah, I uh, it, it is actually a really interesting question because I actually remember learning that for the first time. I was on neurology rotation in my internship And I can't remember if it was a dog with like a brain tumor or something. I mean, that would be an obvious source of a headache, right? But the dog was, I think like rolling its eyes in in the back of its head, just like it kept just like looking up or like rolling its eyes. And I remember the neurologist. Like, oh, brother. Yeah, no, not in a a kennel at Blue Pearl. (laughs) So, um, and I remember the neurologist saying like, let's increase pain meds. Like, you know, this could definitely be a dog having a headache. So yeah, I I agree. It's totally possible. And that's all very interesting thoughts. Yeah. It's a good question. So when dogs start having stinky breath, I mean, obviously, I know from Lisa <laughs> that you, you want to get a, a, a dental, right? Procedure. Yeah. But how do you decide when it's time to start pulling teeth? So you, we don't actually... So. More often than not, you actually don't know if you're going to have to pull a tooth until you have them under anesthesia. You're looking at dental x-rays and you're, you're able to poke around in that mouth. Mm-hmm. Sometimes before, before I actually schedule a dental, I'll actually have an idea. I'll be like, whoa, there's a lot. Like, I think those two teeth in the back, they look rotten to me. I think they're going to need to come out. And so I'll have an idea of it. But we usually don't know the number of teeth we're going to need to pull on a dog until we have them under anesthesia and have those dental x-rays to look at the roots. Um so yeah, it's kind of a big guess uh, <laughs> how many teeth are going to come out when you you put them under anesthesia for their dental. Okay, serious question time. Why are dogs with no teeth so much cuter than people with no teeth? <laughs> Babies excluded. <laughs> Babies excluded. You see a grown ass man with no teeth, you're not like, I want to take you home. <laughs> and what he means is, you know, when we pull their teeth, that their tongue hangs out. <laughs> so like my best friend Ella, being the dog, she's I don't know if you follow her, a senior, a rescue, and has no teeth. Stop over explaining my joke, Lisa. <laughs> Yeah, I think the tongue hanging out thing is a big thing. I mean, like when people that don't have teeth, the part that always always creeps you out is when they smile, when they smile, (laughs) and then you see they have no teeth. It's not the part where they're not smiling (laughs) and you don't know what's happening. Uh (laughs) Well, there's also the the question of not knowing what to do with the lips, right? Because the lips, uh, they're (laughs) – 
they're supposed to be a certain distance apart, but no chompies. <laughs> There's nothing holding them up. Yeah. <laughs> nope. Nice and loose. Yeah. <laughs> nice and Good loose. Good visual. Okay, yeah. back to senior dogs. Fine. Um, Have you ever thought about <laughs> starting a south of the border version of your movement called Senior Dogs? Revolution. <laughs> I have not, but that is a very good idea. Think on it. I will consider uh, yeah. that. Maybe you could partner with uh, Univision. Man, she's I just being way Whatever. too nice to you. Um, okay. Uh, just throwing it out there. Uh-huh. Okay, let's see. What else about senior dogs we want to know? So, so Chloe's turning 10. That's a good time to say, actually. So I'm bringing her to my, uh, to my good friend at a veterinary clinic on Friday. We are removing this skin tag that's getting ulcerated now. So removing that, but I'll send it out for histopath just because I'm me, even though I suspect strongly that this is for just a skin histopath? tag. Histopath? Yeah, histopathology, meaning we're going to biopsy it to make sure it's not the big C. Um, okay. It's not, but... And also, I I was the one biopsy. that bullied Lisa into taking her to the vet because... It's true. <laughs> but yeah, she's worried about being cancer. I think it's unsightly. And yeah. I want <laughs> He's like, it needs Chloe to, come up. to be a, a perfect 10. No, we don't want and it. <laughs> this... You don't want it to get ulcerated. This is dangly booger hanging off There's of her... There's a really dangly... Dangly sca- this, booger scab. It's this black... Dangly skin tag. It knocks looks, you down to an eight. Yeah, it really does. <laughs> it really <is>. not, and, <laughs> Unsightly. Yeah. But now it's getting ulcerated. That's so funny you say that because Brent, my fiance, we have a senior dog here named Twig who we've had since she was about six months oh. old. And How she's old is 10 she? years old now oh, too. Two, two, um, oh. She's like a mm-hmm. dingo looking dog. She just looks like a, she's like a, that generic like brown mutt uh-huh. that you see like, if you ever go to an island, island, you see dog. there's like an, yeah. I, yeah. Yeah, quintessential island dog. That's what she looks like. Yeah. Great. Um, And she's been slowly losing hair on her tail. And it's been going on for like two and a half years. And Brent cannot drop it. (laughs) Every time he's like, Twiggy, why are you losing hair on your tail, Twiggy? Because you're so pretty. And I'm like, Brent, stop (laughs) harassing the poor dog about her And you probably feel like harassment on you too. Because I'm I'm sure you've worked her up to the nines like for this, (laughs) trying to figure it out, right? And there's just no good reason. Okay. Have you started to mix in uh, finasteride? Or perhaps some minoxidil right on the tail. <laughs> no, no, I am not. It's right in front of your face. Or hair plugs. So you obvious. Hair plugs. Oh, yeah. Hair plugs. Or, or a tail toupee? Yeah, tail toupee. Can <laughs> <laughs> we just, <laughs> just tie on a nice a nice sleeve of hair? Um, I should do that for I'm, him for him when he comes I'm home. super into this. I'd be like, look. Do you? I feel like people... <laughs> Change the subject here. I feel like people will want to know about like me. Oh wait, so I wasn't done. I was. What was I saying? I didn't even get to my story. So I am bringing her in right to. Oh right, we're gonna remove that the mask. Yep. And we're gonna do an abdominal ultrasound for. I don't know. It's a why wellness exam. I I debate this all the time. I think that there's no really strong right answer here, right? Because if you find, I have to be prepared to find the Loch Ness monster in there because she's my dog and. As an yeah. as a large breed dog, like we know, she's prone to tumors on her liver and her spleen, hemangiosarcoma, namely. Um, so, which are like aggressive tumors, and by the time you find them, they're probably metastasized anyway. So it's kind of like it's very much a double edged sword. Like, what do you do if you find something? But I believe knowledge is power, and then you can make decisions and do stuff like that. So I'm yeah. taking her just for a wellness abdominal ultrasound, just a looky look, and we'll probably do something yeah. like a little about her teeth too. So, oh really? We'll see. Yeah, well, we'll scale. Every, the whole she family has went to the dentist has, this week. Then, if that's we do that, <laughs> yeah, <How about> yeah. <laughs> so. Um, yeah. Do you have any feelings, Dr. Monica, on 
So like ultra, like routine, like what their routine wellness visits should look like. And also, also unrelated like supplements or anything else like that. I feel like the people want to know. I know. I know. know. Everyone wants to know about supplements. Like it's all about supplements right now. But what can we do to make them live longer? (laughs) That's, that's like the question I ask myself every single day. Yeah, I know. Me too. So I do think that, um, I, I'm the same way. So I'm super proactive with them every single year. So obviously for senior dogs, you want to be getting them to the vet every six months. Um, I do annual, if, if not semi-annual blood work on my mm-hmm. dogs, because I'm obsessed. We just had blood work. Um, with yep. finding mm-hmm. anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I do do. Um, do do. <laughs> like I do. <laughs> I do. <laughs> Mm-hmm. No, do do. I'm a professional. Um, X rays. <laughs> I do X rays or imaging on them probably once a year, and that's just because I'm paranoid, and I want to find things. Yeah. I want to know, so right. I, I do offer that to my my senior dog pet parents too, just because, especially before big procedures, I almost always will offer them, hey, like, do you want to take X rays before we do this this dental? Mm-hmm. Right? Dentals are can be considerable financial investments, um, and they're really important to their quality of life, but. You know, I may not know if there's a tumor starting somewhere in their abdomen right. if I or somewhere if I don't take those x-rays before. And especially for the, for the older guys, I really do. I really try to encourage owners to do the needed diagnostics beforehand. So I think it's a good idea. You're yeah. getting that ultrasound done. Yeah, thanks. Well, we're going to do it. We're yeah. going to get it done. Yeah, maybe we'll do some chest x-rays too now that I think about it. But just, you know, for fun. Yeah, uh, yeah it sounds like a great day for sure. Uh, re-supplements. <laughs> um, I can tell you, I mean, I've had Chloe on fish oil for forever. We use um, right. a company called Veterinary Recommended Solutions. They're prescription only. They're, um, the CMO is a board-certified veterinary surgeon. Um, and I just think, I, I think as far as I know, and you can correct me, fish oil is actually the only thing proven for osteoarthritis as far as having anti-inflammatory effects, like even beyond glucosamine and chondroitin supplements. Um, like I, I usually say to people, like there's one thing you're going to put them on for the anti-inflammatory effects before we go to drugs, right? Or, th- or other things that can yeah. have adverse effects that, you know, fish oil is kind of worth trying. Um, so fish oil would be the one probably that. Yeah, I say, say the same thing. How can you, can you even walk down the street <laughs> yeah. without somebody asking you about CBD? Oh. <laughs> no. <laughs> right. The answer's no. Okay. Um, and it's interesting because, I mean, they, they, they do have some studies that show that it, it can suggest that it can be helpful in arthritis. So, um, but as veterinarians, we're kind of, and Lisa, you probably know more about this than, oh, I, yeah. honestly, than I really do, but I, I get a little bit weary in suggesting it. So because there's so much, um, there's not as much regulation in the industry, there's not as much quality control. And so if I do, I have recommended the product from Cornell, uh, the Cornell studies before to um, some of my patients, um, or I've mentioned them to them, I don't recommend them. I'm like, so if you really feel like you need to do CBD, yeah, this is where I would go to get it. Because it's, you know, more reliable, but I can take this one from you, yeah. also, Doctor Monica, well, because she it's- actually just recommends marijuana for dogs. That's <laughs> she found a workaround. Oh, yeah, okay. get your Straight dog THC, super high. Yeah, with yeah. a little with a cocaine chaser. Whoa! Now we're talking. I'll pep that senior dog up. Um, I will take this one because I I think maybe I saw you getting a little uncomfortable because it's uncomfortable because it is illegal for veterinarians to recommend or yeah. prescribe anything having to do with CBD right now, which is just insane and asinine because we're the ones that people are asking. We are the ones who should know. Um, 
yes, the laws, I think it, it because it's been so illegal, we've been so prohibited from um, adequately being able to even study it. But now it's happening and everybody's demanding it. And I'm a line pusher. Um, so, you know, I have partnered with... That's the cocaine. The, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the study you're talking about is probably with Elevet. Um, they did one out of Cornell. Yeah. And I partnered with uh, Medterra, who are amazing. Um, and I always say like, look guys, I can't like overtly recommend or diagnose or prescribe this, but I do, I push that. I mean, I, I post about it, I, that I give it to Chloe that I, you know, so I'm not recommending it or prescribing it, but I'm saying, and this right. is also how, you know, if at the very least, if it doesn't work, right, we have to at least know that it's safe. And so this is how you know that a supplement is safe. And, you know, I know that Medterra, Medterra, by the way, did, um, a similar study to Elevet with Baylor College of Medicine that showed like the same thing about a two mg per kick dosage of uh, CBD for dogs with arthritis. And so I love that they do research. They have good manufacturing practices. They have certificates of analysis on file that you can ask to see. Uh, They're certified by the National Animal Supplement Council, which is like so important because supplements are so unregulated. So that's like the one thing I think people can do to um, you know, make sure that at least at the very least their supplement is safe. So I just want people yeah. to know, like, if you're going to try this, like at least we have to make sure that it's safe. And then people are doing studies to show that it's effective. So that's, that's my spiel about CBD. That's it. Well spielt. This has been incredibly uh, informative so far, and we would be remiss if we did not get to better know your dogs. <laughs> so, oh, okay. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, it's Twig, and there's somebody else in the family, I believe. There's we have four Holy dogs. Wow. We have yeah, <laughs> four dogs and two cats. So there's Becca is our oldest senior. Becca. She's a 15 and a half year old lab mix. Oh. Um, she's the one that I'm always like putting on social media because I, I just like she literally. Every day, I just hug her and I'm like, "Please be here for longer." Oh, <laughs> like, right. what do I need you have to do anticipatory to grief. It's a real thing. I just I just heard this te- this term recently. I think surrounding like some, really a person a who is going to die, yeah. but it's a it's a real phenomenon. But I'm like, that's how we live around people. That's how we live around. I mean, our pets. Like, I literally cannot look at Chloe without having anticipatory grief. So, oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, no, I mean, I with Becca too. yeah, but I mean, that was right. like with my grandfather. Becca. Like, <laughs> I always such gave a good him name. a super long hug, you know? Like, yeah. After 90, right. it was like, this might be the last <laughs> hug, bro. Yeah, but at least you get 90 years out of it. It's like from like a date, like the time she turned like three years old, I was having anticipatory. Well, you're a maniac. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So. Uh, yeah. So it's, it's Becca and then. It's Becca and then I have Twig, which was the dingo. Wait, how old did you say Becca was? 15 and a half. Wow. See, that's yeah. a testament to your love and care. That's amazing. 15. Wow. She she still goes for her walks and stuff. She, I mean, she still loves her life. She wags her tail when we walk by. She has trouble getting up. Like her biggest issue is mobility. Uh-huh. Um, so we we take her for, like she's the first one we walk because her walks are so important to her, like moving her joints and just being able to move mm-hmm. them that she is like the most important dog for us to so walk. So you walk her separately. Crew. Yeah. yeah, that's important. Yeah, we walk her mm-hmm. separately. We walk her with Orwell, which is my my newest uh, so senior adoption. Or 
Yes, it is a strong well, so, name wait, but for a strong, a strong young fella. Do you do anything else for Becca and her care regularly? Do you use like a help them up harness and any any supplements or drugs with her or anything? Yeah, we do. So she is on a joint diet, so a prescription joint diet so that she can get her omegas mm-hmm. through that diet. Um, she's on Rimadyl mm-hmm. and that's she needs that in order mm-hmm. for her to have good days. Yeah. So when she does not get her Rimadyl, she does not have a yeah, good day. Yeah, it's amazing how what a difference it can make. Yeah, we're at the point where we know that it, can have side effects, right. you know, like that they can stress out her liver, her kidneys. But what matters quality the most of this life. age for her is yeah. quality of life. Million That's percent. Literally it. Yeah. That's all we care about. Yep. Great. So Rimadyl, um, and then there's so yeah, so basically her plan is Rimadyl um and the food and her walks, and we do a little bit of physical therapy with her too. So um, and then the other dogs are Twig, who is the little dingo dog. I have Jose Jalapeno. <laughs> Um, he is a, <laughs> he is a Husky. He's a, a bright white Husky mix that we adopted. Oh, wow. Um, he's seven years old and he is a wild man. <laughs> he's a he's the biggest dog we yeah. have. He's, he, I, biggest, we like tease really? him because yeah, he's, um, he's like 65 pounds. Okay. The rest of them, um, we've got three like middle size, large size dogs. We've got one little dog named Orwell. So Jose Jalapeno <laughs> is the, he's like the most handsome. He's very handsome, <laughs> but he's not very bright. Mm-hmm. Um, like he's we all brawn, no brains. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> basically. And then we have Orwell, who's the smaller um, senior dog. Who's naming these dogs? Uh, we like we are. Fun. <laughs> yeah. Fun. Fun. Yeah. We have fun. I mean, like mm-hmm. there are kids. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So um, Orwell's a maniac. Uh, we just adopted him. I thought I was getting a 12 and a half year old Maltipoo. He is like, he acts like he's three years old. <laughs> so like Orwell wants to be wherever you are. So like if I go onto the bed, Orwell's on the bed. If I go onto the couch, Orwell's on the couch. If I go outside, Orwell's outside with me. He's here behind me because <laughs> he has to be here with me. So he's, um, he's quite energetic for a 12 and a half year old. So, oh, so, so you thought you were getting one and he is, but he just doesn't act like one. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Because people don't sell dogs or like, you know, lure you in by telling them that they're, that, that they're older than they really are. Right now. For sure. If if anything, it's like, yeah, three years old, like that dog's old as shit. Unless you're like me and Monica (laughs) and we're like, give us all the seniors. Wait a second, pet finder. Yeah. I guess Orwell's (laughs) making Becca look young, huh? Yeah. (laughs) Kind of. Um, but yeah, so those are my dogs. We've got four dogs and, um, they're, they're a handful, but they're a lot of fun. Okay, oh, so do you, super quickly, mm-hmm. do you want to tell us anything about, I don't know if any vet students listen to this or anything. Let us know. Let me know. But uh, do you want to tell us anything about Vets on the Rise? Oh, um, yeah. So Vets on the Rise uh, is a company that um, my classmate, Ashley Gray, Dr. Ashley Gray, and I formed a few months ago. And it's basically just geared towards helping new veterinarians transition from school into practice. So... You know, many veterinarians um, go to, we do our four years of college, four years of med school, and then we actually go straight into a job. Many of us do for, if you're going to go into general GP, you're not necessarily going to get an internship. And even if you do get an internship, you're not necessarily going to get the mentorship that you Mm -hmm. need and that you want. And so both Ashley, both Dr. Gray and myself, and I don't know how your first year out was, Lisa, but (laughs) we were like thrown to the wolves, basically. Like we were thrown in the deep end. We were promised mentorship and we had all all sorts of issues right. that we had to deal with on our own. And it was one of the hardest years of our life. Yeah. And um, and that's coming out of vet school, which is literally one of the hardest periods mm-hmm. you can 
well, not the hardest schools you can ever go through. Um, and we thought that was going to be the hardest part of our life. But the first year, first year or two out was actually the most difficult. And so we created this company um, that is our main mission is to try to help new veterinarians transition into practice with like less stress, more knowledge, mm-hmm. some mentorship that we can provide. We have a new book coming out actually next month, oh, great. which we're really excited about. Um, yeah. And then um, that's going to be on just some general practice cases that we see commonly and that'll be out next month. And then we have a online course that we're going to be offering. By the name of what? Um, the The book is called uh, New Vet Jumpstart Guide. And it goes through 20 common general practice cases that you'll see. And it's kind of our take on how we approach these cases. Because and when you go to med school, you have all these really giant books that are su- like, they're just like written. Um, I don't want to say they're very medical. They're not very practical, basically, these me- these giant med I'm books. I'm actively have. trying to talk Lisa right now into throwing out all of her vet school books. <laughs> It's hard to yeah, do. they're hard to let go We're of. about to yeah. move, and I mean, I say- If you know uh, any vet students who want to buy them. Or anybody that knows how to start a controlled fire, <laughs> we're into it. Yeah. Did you throw out, yeah. do you have your vet school books? I have them, yeah, yeah right? but we have a garage, so we're, right. we, we've have got tons of space right. here in the Carolinas, right. so we've got a garage they live right. in. Yeah. And it's both Brent and my- Vet books. Okay. Oh, he's also he's a, a veterinarian vet. too. Oh, I didn't know. Oh, that. Yeah. funny. I didn't know. So, uh, well, we want to get to know. Uh, we're gonna have to we're, let's pick one dog in particular. Okay. I feel. I. Th- I think it would be. I, I want to do this with Becca yeah, because we've never had a fifteen-year-old dog yeah. to, uh, <laughs> to to do a personality. We have a, a we have a Cosmo style personality test mm-hmm. that we would like you oh, great. to rank. I'm excited. In order from one to ten. Uh, how they how they would uh, fare in these categories, or how Becca would okay. fare? Uh, gram ability. How's she doing on that gram? Um, she's a ten yeah. out of ten. Hey, <laughs> great. Sure. Okay, Seems like impartial. that girl. That girl. Some hearts like start swooning as soon as they see mm-hmm. her and her grays. Have you seen pictures of her? She's literally got symmetric gray hairs across like her eyes, like like this beautiful kind of like mask. She's a twelve mm-hmm. out of ten, I'd say, in that category. Yeah. Okay, twelve out yeah. of ten. That golden girl still got it. Uh, That's right. Savagery. (laughs) 10 out of 10. (laughs) The reason why is because, and this is not a great story for me to tell you guys, I'm going to tell you anyways. So she's ancient Mm -hmm. and we, we have this big backyard. We've got four dogs. Um, she's the oldest of them. She's the oldest and most like decrepit. (laughs) Last year. What did she kill? What did she kill? That's right. Last year there <laughs> was you know? a bunny a bunny rabbit oh. in the backyard and Brent didn't see it when he opened the door. And so the four of them charge out there <laughs> and the bunny rabbit actually gets to um, – um, sprints back and forth in the back of the yard and they're chasing it. And Brett and I are like screaming, like, 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 stop it. Like mm-hmm. we're about to save the bunny rabbit. And then Becca just kind of stands there and the bunny rabbit goes by her and she goes down and she goes, Arr. And then she tosses it in the air, and that was it. It was over. It was of all the young dogs, it was, of all of the dogs oh that could have God. caught the thing, it was Becca. So funny. And so That's she's savage. Yeah. Of all those young 10 year old dogs that could have caught it. Yeah. Well, Jose's seven, Twig is 10 now. Right. She was nine then. Oh my those God. Those two dogs can run. Becca cannot. So. So she didn't actually like shake it and kill it. It was just, just the one toss, foul the toss alone. Because rabbits are pretty much she's, meant to just perish. die on impact. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. that rabbits die. Yeah, she's the reason the rabbit didn't survive. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's Becca because <laughs> she has 
Yes. So she's funny. savage and she goes, all right, uh-huh. still got the it. The other girl. ones were like, uh-huh. yeah. uh, Okay. I feel like I know the answer to this one. Uh, physical stamina. We're going to go low on this yeah. one, Reggie. So yeah. <laughs> we're going to go, we're going to go with like a three to a four out of 10. Okay. I, that, that was a, that question was meant to keep you honest. We we're calibrating there. Uh-huh. Um, okay. <laughs> special skills. Final answer. Special skills. Her final Special question. skills. So I'm going to put her lower on this side too. She can catch like a, a like a biscuit when you throw it at her. Okay, like that's basically Chloe's not it. that so coordinated. Like a, <laughs> it does take coordination. Rabbit, rabbit murder. Yeah. <laughs> rabbit murdering. We're high. Yeah, that's not for everybody. We're high. <laughs> All right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not Special. Okay. This sounds like a two. This sounds so, like a two. This Maybe sounds a like a two unless you call you count the rabbit murdering. <laughs> yeah, with, there's an asterisk there. Huh. Um, that's right. <laughs> okay. Well, you have been a phenomenal guest, and uh, this has been extremely informative. Extremely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so there's only Good. one thing left to do, and that is to determine by way of a quiz <laughs> if you, Dr. Monica Tarantino, deserve dogs. You know what it is. It's time for a quiz about dogs and shit. She's been dreading this. Uh-oh. Okay. Let's do it. This is, uh, it's, it's multiple choice and okay. best out of three. Let's do it. Question one. They say you can't teach an old dog new tricks, but some dogs don't fall for magic tricks. A dog went viral this week because of a video that shows that he can't be fooled by what magic trick? The shell game? Hide the salami? The Cleveland steamer? Or Ghislaine Maxwell is welcome on this podcast if she has pets to talk about. (laughs) Wait, hold on. That last one we did not discuss. Ghislaine, Ghislaine is not welcome anywhere. Stop interrupting the quiz, please, dear. Ghislaine's not welcome. What's the shell game is? Babe. What? What is would that? You, would you let our guest fend yeah, for themselves? Yeah, but what is that? Do you know what the shell game is? No. It's when you hide something. Yeah, that's what you're, I thought. Why is it called a shell game, though? Because it's called a shell game. I don't know. Because you can do it with seashells. Seashells? Lisa? You do it with, like, cups. Got- where you put it in, like, cups. <laughs> okay, the cup game. Okay. <sighs> okay, I'm going to pick the shell the shell game, then. I feel like <laughs> Lisa really <laughs> led you to walk to the water there. Uh, yeah, that is correct. While it's not technically a magic trick, uh, neither are any of the other options that I gave you. But a, a real good boy of a Jack Russell racked up millions of views because his dad played the shell game with him with cups and a treat, and it always got it right, like dozens of times. Wow. And they didn't know wow. if he kept his eye on it or if it was the smell. But he would tap wow. the cup, and it was always the right cup. Very impressive. Dogs. Uh, speaking of dogs and magic, a senior dog named Finn appeared on Britain's Got Talent and he magically made Simon Cowell do what? Bark, roll over, cry, or poop his pants? <laughs> <laughs> um, let's go with bark oh i'm sorry it was poop his pants no it no, wasn't. no it was not oh, that, okay. that would, we definitely would have heard about that <laughs> this dog's got talent uh no finn yes. the psychic dog made simon cry which is really oh, wow. magic considering how much botox and filler that dude has in his face <laughs> but uh finn was his dad's police dog and saved his life and there was a real sob story of a video before they did their magic trick. And if any of you want to go on one of these Got Talent shows, that's what you, you 
you have to get stabbed first. That is the <laughs> secret. You will always get got through it. the first round if you got stabbed in the got last it. five years. Okay, know. so this is exciting. We're down to- Last question. Uh, yeah, it's yeah. Uh, for all the marbles here. This is pass or fail, like Brown University. Uh, okay, question three. Bramble, the dog that- formerly held the record with the Guinness Book of World Records for being the longest living dog was a UK-based collie mix that, according to Google, lived on a diet of what? Liver and onions? Bangers and mash? Kangaroo and emu? Or cats? (laughs) I'm going to go with kangaroo and emu. That is correct. (laughs) Yes, his humans claimed that he was over 25 years old, which is, of course, uh, impossible to corroborate. But he lived on a diet of raw kangaroo and emu, which is the most disgustingly Australian diet possible (laughs) without eating Vegemite and boomerangs. But... (laughs) Boomerangs. You, you deserve, deserve dogs. dogs. Yay. You we did, did it. it. You <laughs> did it. I was worried, guys. Yeah. Thanks. It, it was tense. It was <laughs> a nail biter there. It was really intense. Uh, yeah. Can, tell the people where to find you, please, Dr. Monica. So um, you guys can find me on Instagram at Senior Dog Doc or at my website, www.seniordogrevolution.com. Mm-hmm. Um, and for future vets, they can find me at Vets on the Rise on Instagram. So cool. Yeah, right. you guys can find yeah. me. Everything is at Richie Redding. Keep listening to the number one album of the year, and you can follow my lovely co-host <laughs> at Dr. Lisa Lippman. Which I feel like we, I, we you'll see more of Dr. Monica. Hopefully, well, she'll do things with me too. <laughs> we got to we got to team up and do hopefully. more stuff about senior dogs because I just love it. I'm All obsessed. right, end of episode. Yep. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to We Don't Deserve Dogs. I'm Richie Redding. And I'm Dr. Lisa Lippman. Yeah. And you can find both of us at our respective handles, those exact names, at Richie Redding, at Dr. Lisa Lippman. And uh, I just want to give special thanks to our editor, of course, who is Jordan Aaron, and our executive producer, King Joffrey himself, Jeff Umbro, of The Podglomerate. And you can find more of their shows at thepodglomerate.com. Some of the music in this episode comes from Breakmaster Cylinder. Make sure to check out the sponsors you heard in this episode because that really helps provide the show to you free of charge. Let them know we sent you. It also really helps people to find the show if you rate and review on Apple Podcasts or share an episode on socials. Tag us at We Don't Deserve Dogs and let us know what you thought. We'll see you next week when we return with another episode of We Don't Deserve Dogs. All content provided on We Don't Deserve Dogs is for informational purposes and entertainment value only. None of the content on We Don't Deserve Dogs is intended to constitute third-party veterinary advice or any other third-party professional advice. The content We Don't Deserve Dogs distributes or transmits should not be considered as a substitute for any type of professional veterinary advice. Nothing on We Don't Deserve Dogs is intended to be used as a veterinarian's diagnosis, veterinary treatment, or any other veterinary service and should not be relied on to affect the medical therapy of any pet. Nothing transmitted to or from We Don't Deserve Dogs can replicate a true doctor-patient relationship between yourself and a veterinarian. Your dependence on the content of any information found on or transmitted by We Don't Deserve Dogs is at your own risk. For veterinary care and advice, please see your veterinarian. The Podglomerate. A Sonic Universe.